Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Miami still looms large here. I continue to hear that Deshaun Watson would approve of a trade to Miami. That's a team that he's sort of targeted that he believes he could help, that maybe they're a quarterback away. They could win big there. And so he's got a short list, and it's pretty short. He's got the no trade clause, which is why he has some power here in this situation. There aren't a lot of teams involved right now, and that's part of the problem from what I'm hearing is that Miami has a few factors here. You know, they don't want to bid against themselves, you know, give up three first-round picks and more for a guy who, uh, you know, could miss some time with a suspension or be on the commissioner's exempt list as soon as they get him. That's Jeremy Fowler from ESPN talking about Deshaun Watson. We'll talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit coming up uh, here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Happy Monday. Happy Florida Georgia week here in Jacksonville. It's a big week. A lot going on. Jags report live tonight. Does the Jags get back to work? Play Seattle next Sunday. We'll be in Seattle. We'll be at Florida Georgia. Uh, tonight we'll be at Sneakers in Jack's Beach for Jags report live and joined by James Robinson. Uh, one of the best backs in the league, of course, and also Jihad Ward will join us. So we got two players on the show tonight. Come on out to Sneakers and Jack's Beach, 7 o'clock. You can also watch the show on Fox 30. We've got a bunch of shows lined up uh, this entire week. In fact, want to uh, let you know about a special show we're doing right here on ESPN 690. I love how we keep increasing our coverage, especially around the big events. Uh, during Jag's home games, we uh, do a show on Sunday mornings from 9 to 11, Casey and I, uh, from the Duval House, ESPN 690 Game Day Live from the Duval House. And this Saturday, we're going to do a special show for Florida Georgia coverage. And so it will be uh, Game Day Live from the Duval House from 10 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. That's a long one. That's a, We're going to need some stamina there, Yeah, uh, some staying power. So uh, we'll have Florida Georgia covered for you on Saturday, and then I'll roll right into some TV coverage because the game's on CBS 47. We have an hour pregame show, hour postgame show, half-hour show at night after that. Uh, it's a busy week here in town, but we absolutely love it. So uh, what I want you to do, though, is if you want to win some tickets to the or, or get some tickets to the Florida Georgia game, you have to... Uh, Download the Relevant app, R-E-L-E-V-N-T. We've been telling you about that. We're going to do some cool things on the Relevant app. Download the Relevant app. You can listen to ESPN 690 live on that app. Uh, you can interact with us during the shows and outside the shows on that app. You can do your own podcast on that app. But if you follow the ESPN 690 vibe, we will give away clues all week long. And uh, that will lead to how you could eventually get a couple of tickets to the Florida-Georgia game on Saturday afternoon here in Jacksonville. Casey, I know we're trying this. We're launching this. Uh, have we already put a clue on the relevant app? We're working on it as we speak. Uh, the clue Don't will tell be... Tell me what the clue is. What did you say? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to tell me what the clue is. No, never, never. You have to have the app to see the clue. That's, that's the point. Uh, the clue person typer got a little busy. <laughs> doing some other things. That'd so be you. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> typed the clue yet, but uh, probably by the end of this segment, the clue will be up again, ESPN 690 Vibe on the relevant app. And that is the start to an incredible scavenger hunt that might lead you to something you might want. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we um, hope you can play along, but download the relevant app to be Whoa. able to play along. And also, Brett, I, I am now myself on the relevant app, and I had my first post today, and, and, and I used my expertise in, in football uh, to have my first post. So check that one out as well. Maybe Case can play that later 
um, in terms of what I posted today for the Relevant app. Awesome. I'm trying to get folks on the Relevant app because it's really cool deal. Uh, I think it's the quickest way I listen to the show. <laughs> Again, yeah. Anytime something's going on and Casey gives me a heads up or I want to pop in, it's like it's easier actually than even using Twitter and Facebook and YouTube or Ask Alexa or going on this computer for ESPN690.com. Obviously, if you're in your car and you listen on the radio, we love that too. Uh, there's a bunch of ways, but the quickest and fastest way if you want to jump on is to download the app and boom, it's live radio right there. So um, it is cool. And we're going to put some more Florida and Georgia content on there all week long because it's a big game in town. Uh, we'll be talking about the game coming up here on the show as well, but we'll put some com uh, content on the uh, relevant app. So download the relevant app is the moral of the story. R-E-L-E-V-N-T. I feel like I should uh, sing a little Aretha Franklin like that. Uh, when I say that. Uh, maybe I should. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz on a Monday. Uh, we've got a lot going on. It's an awesome week in Jacksonville. The weather uh, looks pretty good all week. It's going to get fall-like uh, by the end of the week, which is awesome. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I want to get to in a moment, but Stephen is hanging on the line. I think he wants to talk trades, and we were talking about some trades with the Jags. So uh, let's get to Stephen real quick on a Monday on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, how you guys doing today? I'm doing good, Stephen. How you doing, man? Uh, just another day at work. Just another day at work. Heard that. Uh, my, my question, for one, Austin, I got to agree with you. I mean, next year for free agency, just hand Devontae Adams a blank check and just say, put, you know, whatever number you want, mm -hmm. and we'll pay it to you. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, looking at, there's uh, a couple pass rushers I wanted to, or, or at least one that I can think of off the top of my head, and that's uh, Derek Barnett from the Eagles. I keep hearing they're, they're thinking about trading him or there's some – uh, disagreements on the defense or anything like that. But, I mean, uh, I'm not really sure where you go with that uh, in terms of trade-wise because, like Brent said, not a lot of speedsters out there. And I don't know. I mean, they keep saying Tyron Johnson's not ready, but you haven't even put him out there. So I'm not well, really sure there uh, where you go with receivers. They put him out there early now, right, when he got here, and he didn't really do much. I mean, Tyron Johnson has not done much. In fact, I thought he could have played defense on an interception of Trevor's that he didn't do. And I think that, I don't know if it got him in the doghouse, but he probably should have made a better play on that ball. But I don't see much separation. I don't see much. It's the route running, I think, is what it sounds like, Austin, on, on Tyron Johnson. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how active the Jags will be. Uh, but pass rush certainly would help as well. I mean, pass rush would definitely help. Um, you know, I think Barnett could be in consideration, but also another guy is Melvin Ingram, who's on the trade block, it sounds like, out of Pittsburgh right now, who does have experience playing in a 3-4 defense. Um, on the back nine of his career, though, it begs you how much money does he have left, and in terms of how much money is on that contract still, uh, you may have to pay him a little bit. The, the, the problem, the whole thing with, you know, getting that one receiver, getting that speedster is any team that has a fantastic receiver right now, they're not going to part with them because, well, they're trying to go to the playoffs. Yeah. And any team that right now is kind of in the bottom tier of the NFL, you know, they don't really have that necessarily that speedster or that great receiver that you're looking for. Like, yeah, Andy Isabella could be a two, could be a slot guy. Will Fuller at the, at the most could maybe be a two, maybe a three receiver, but once again, hasn't even played this season really, so what are you getting with him? Like, it's just, you know, you can't get any one that's going to knock your socks off right now, it seems like, in the trade destinations for a wide receiver. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th I think it's going to be tough. I mean, you can't replace all that stuff. You can't fix all that stuff, and you got to be a little careful because you're not going anywhere, right? I mean, if I'm 
being real truthful, the Jags are not out of it yet. That seventh spot in the AFC, they're only two games out. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but I don't know if they feel that way in a realistic way, and they probably shouldn't, given the schedule <laughs> that's about to come up here in the next seven weeks um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, let's talk to Sean Watson a little bit. He's a huge story. He's a big story. Uh, Carolina sh certainly should be in play. They were in the mix reportedly before all the allegations came up earlier this year. Uh, Miami seems to be a big-time suitor uh, for Deshaun Watson and, and a place that he would like to go, if you believe all the reports. Uh, is Deshaun Watson going to get moved? I mean, do you now feel like he's going to get moved? And where do you think his likely destination is? I mean, by all indications, it's going to be Miami because that's where he wants to go. Um, and I think in, as part of like his no-trade clause, like he has to have the final say. Yep. So if he's saying he wants to go to Miami, then Miami is going to be the destination if they can give you know, the Houston Texans enough. I'm not sure, you know, how that's all going to shake out. I'm not sure if there's some kind of trade insurance that you can get if you're Miami because, once again, you're you're about to get a guy that is going to come with some scrutiny, is going to come with some red flags, and is going to come with, you know, I feel like some courtroom litigations depending on how this whole thing shakes out. So two questions really is, what do you actually give up for him to take that risk? And number two, can you get some of that trade capital back if it doesn't work out? Yeah, and I think the timing of that is really hard to predict if I'm a front office. I mean, like, what if it doesn't go through until March or April? Well, now you have free agency in the draft. I mean, what, that's, you're using the compensation potentially. So I think it's a, it's a tricky spot. Now, you could also go way down the road with the compensation. Uh, it's, it's a tricky spot for any team that's going to look to acquire. I can see the interest, though, because if things do clear, I mean, it's a big-time boomer bust move. Uh, and the boom could be huge. You're getting a, a quarterback that is really good and probably a huge upgrade from what you have. And you're talking about a draft over the next year. And maybe even if you project out a couple years, Austin, it doesn't look like it has these kind of quarterbacks that just got drafted in 2021. Yeah. So if you're Carolina right now, you're worried because you're like, what? Are, who's going to be our quarterback? Mm -hmm. I mean, Matt Rule is going to go into the 2022 season. And I think that will be, what, year four for him? And he doesn't have a quarterback yet? Like, that is problematic. Uh, so I can see why they would have an appetite for it. I think a little bit less for Miami. I understand the Deshaun Watson move to Miami. But he also, there's some reports out this afternoon and, and late this morning that he would be open to other places. And, and so I don't know if Miami is locked in. And Tua's coming off a four-touchdown day. And we still really don't know what Tua is. They're not great around him on offense. So I think... Tua and Flores and Miami could feel a lot better without getting Watson than, say, maybe a Carolina or even a Denver might be. No, I mean, if I'm, you know, if I'm Deshaun Watson and it's essentially up to me where I want to go, I mean, okay, I think you have a soft spot for Miami for whatever reason. Okay, that, that's great, whether it's the weather, whether it's maybe that was your team as a kid, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's Flores, you know. Yeah, maybe it's Flores, but, okay, you want to go to Miami, that's great. But I'd, I'd also take a serious consideration of maybe going Maybe it's Will Fuller. <laughs> I assure you that's not the case. Um, but if I'm Deshaun Watson, I, I take a look at, I mean, you know, Carolina, how confident are you with them? You know, Philly, I'm still, I don't know about Philly um, in terms of do they trade Jalen Hurts? I don't know what they do with that. But then you got a team like Pittsburgh, who's going to be in need of a quarterback more than likely at the end of this season. Pittsburgh could definitely be a team um, out there. Uh, Denver obviously kind of moved some stuff around. It seemed like to get Aaron Rodgers, maybe Denver could be a destination. New Orleans, obviously. Is Jameis Winston the true solution, or is he just kind of the, the, the holder piece until a bigger bigger, and better thing comes along? So there's definitely options out there for Deshaun Watson. It just, it's kind of what, you know, it's, it's all on him at the end of the day. 
Yeah, it could be all on him. And, and by the way, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I can't be too picky in my trade destination if I'm a guy that wanted out. And I not only want out, but they're willing to maybe get me out, and somebody's willing to take me out of there, and I also have, like, these allegations against me. I mean, don't you think, I understand he's got the veto power, but at the same time, he's got to be a little careful to be too picky if he really wanted out of Houston. Yeah, but at the same time, welcome to the world of the NFL, where if your talent outweighs the distraction, you know, you're, you're all good. And if you're considered a top eight quarterback and, you know, maybe a couple years ago a top five quarterback, you can kind of do whatever you want. And that's where Deshaun Watson is right now, I feel like. Where would, seriously, let's just take the football situations. We don't know what Deshaun Watson would want, okay? So you just named, I think, a bunch of great options. Uh, and, and I love your Pittsburgh one. I haven't heard that a lot, and, and that makes some sense to me. Uh, but you go, let's, we got Miami, we got Carolina, you got New Orleans and Pittsburgh, which I think would be outside looking in just given their current situation, but maybe. Uh, Denver, uh, Philly. Let's go with those six. Am I missing someone? Hey, you know what else? I mean, <laughs> does, where's the Russell Wilson situation in Seattle? <laughs> Do they make a move? And say, yeah. all right, Russell Wilson's not going to be here. He doesn't want to be here. You know, I doubt it. I but doubt I mean, it. I, yeah, well, because well, you're not going to, what are you going to do? Are you going to trade Russell Wilson away then? You know? Yeah, I know. Why yeah. would you do that, yeah. right? But but I'm just saying, if you, if they think this could go sour, because a lot of people, well, not a lot, but I've heard some things, or read some things, shouldn't say heard some things, read some things, where this Wilson stuff could come up again in the offseason. So, um, anyway, let's go with your six. Pittsburgh. Can I, can I name go. one more? Because because yeah. I, I watched them play this past weekend, and man, it, it, is it the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, good call. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Deshaun Watson. That's a good call. Calvin Ridley. Don't uh, worry, everybody. Those goosebumps will go away. <laughs> That's a good call. All right, so let's do it. Let's uh, say Atlanta. Let's say. Uh, Let's say Miami. Let's say Carolina. Let's say New Orleans. Those, those are the Southeast teams. Mm -hmm. Then you got Philly and, and uh, Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. And you got Col uh, Denver uh, in Colorado. Mm -hmm. So we'll take those seven teams. If you are Deshaun Watson, let's not worry about the compensation and the money on other people's plates and all the rest. Um, where would you want to go? Man, to me, I'm, to me, hands down, I'm going to Pittsburgh. I just I, I think Tomlin is a great coach. I think I have a defense that's going to have my back. I have the future of a running game in Najee Harris, and I have you know two or three wide receivers that I can rely on: Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and pending that you know Smith Schuster can come back healthy. And I think they resign him because he's on a one-year deal. Smith Schuster, and then at the tight end position, you know I mean depending how you feel about Fryermuth, but you you have a young tight end there. You can always bring another guy in. I think in terms of weapons, in terms of complementary football, nothing beats Pittsburgh right now for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, and now here's the tricky part. You see uh, Tomlin rumors uh, of the college game a little bit at USC. I mean, have you seen those floating around? Uh, but maybe a guy like Deshaun Watson would get him to stay. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'd hope so. But, no, I, I haven't seen that. It's interesting. Yeah, see, I mean, he's on a lot of, like, odd sheets to go to USC. Uh, which is interesting because I saw some odds on the USC front, and I didn't see, like, Jack Del Rio's name. I wonder, I, I mean, why wouldn't Del Rio make sense at USC? Uh, but I don't, but I don't why, think I saw him there. I don't get why. Why would you go from being a pretty well-regarded head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and go coach at a college in US, USC? Well, I think I also saw him on an LSU list. For some reason, his name is being floated around in the college ranks. I don't know why. I didn't read that much on it. Um, but yeah, they're, but they're, LSU they're, they're and probably USC. floating it around. I'm sure the the AD at LSU and the AD at, at USC are trying to. Yeah, 
They might be, or yeah. he might just see the writing on the wall, be like, "All right, Ben's leaving. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to rebuild this thing. I want let's go try something different." Now, maybe Tomlin's that guy. You know, he's been there for a long time. You never know where it's coming from. Yeah. Um, it, it could be the reverse of like a college coach flirting with the NFL. Maybe it's Tomlin trying to get a raise in yeah, Pittsburgh. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Um, so it, that's interesting uh, that you say that. But let's uh, here's my my thought: Would there be an organization? And Pittsburgh seems like this. Would they be hesitant to get Watson given the situation? Maybe more than others. Like I feel like Denver might feel more desperate, or Carolina, or Miami, or even the Eagles than than Pittsburgh, where they don't have to deal with all the garbage potentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah, in terms of desperation, I don't know. It's weird because, okay, so you have a team in Miami who, let's be honest, they're kind of in a rebuilding mode right now, as we've seen. So, yeah, you, you want to get that quarterback that it's going to help you usher you into a new future. But at the same time, I mean, you want to talk about desperate. When you're a quarterback away from maybe going to a Super Bowl, maybe like Pittsburgh is, you know, you saw what Denver did when they got a guy like Peyton Manning, turned everything around, and, and you're playing in Super Bowls. And I'm not saying, like, you know, Big Ben is washed, but let's be honest, he's way past his prime right now, and he's not having the most success. So if you can go, okay, we have these wide receivers, we have this offense that's pretty dang good, we have a fantastic defense, we need a quarterback, I mean, that reeks of desperation as well because you're a quarterback away from possibly, you know, going to a Super Bowl. So in, in terms of, like, you know, what you can do to get the most for for Deshaun Watson, I think you can make an argument for like a team like Miami, but also an argument for a team like Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I, again, yeah, I look at a Carolina who I think doesn't have a quarterback. I look at Pittsburgh, like you're saying, I agree with that. I think it's good. I think the Eagles, I'd be very hesitant on Jalen Hurts, and I think Denver is in a mystery mode with their quarterback situation as well. I look at the Saints, and I'm like, okay, Jameis Winston might be the guy there. It might be able to, like, I feel okay about that. I'm not desperate. Miami, Tua could be the guy. We could give him more time. I'm not desperate ne necessarily. And Pittsburgh, uh, I might still hang on with Ben a little bit longer and then see where else I can go from there. Um, so I don't find them desperate per se. Uh, so it's interesting kind of in that conversation, like where you would really reach and say, we need to go give this up and get this uh, for a guy like Deshaun Watson. I think what you said about Atlanta is intriguing because Matt Ryan, I watched some of that too, man. He does not look sharp and he's got plenty of weapons, and how dynamic could Atlanta be on offense and Arthur Smith's offense potentially be if they added Watson and the mobility and his ability in general to throw it and got rid of Matt Ryan? I think it could be pretty significant. I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, overblow things here, but, like, you're talking about going back to the days of, like, Mike Vick and that offense, like how fun that was to watch. I think if you pair and assume that he's going to be playing Deshaun Watson, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, if he's healthy, I mean... That's going to be some, you know, must-see TV, I feel like. Who's playing yeah. defense? <laughs> defense. This is the NFL, Casey. Well, their defense is in trouble. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. by the way, Tony Poster says Broncos, they have the best young wide receivers. And I could see that. I mean, Denver is a, always a good place to play. Um, I'm not sure if I want to deal with the weather sometimes if I'm Deshaun, though. Maybe that's why he likes <laughs> Miami. <laughs> Do you think, you think uh, what about Indianapolis? Uh, nah. Huh? Nah. Because you're not going to train with a, you're not gonna train with a division. Yeah, I wouldn't think you would. Yeah, that's a good call. Watch him go to Indianapolis, though. Uh, uh, all right, more NFL talk, more Jags talk. Uh, Florida Georgia week is here. we got a lot to talk about on a Monday, on a fantastic Monday here in northeast Florida. And you are listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Oh.
Uh, just uh, how fragile every snap is, how fragile teams are. The, the uh, you know, the Bengals go out there and just play so well, and, and uh, the Titans played so well, and, you know, it's just uh, the parity of the league. It's incredible. That is Urban Meyer earlier today as uh, he watched the NFL yesterday and talked about where the Jacksonville Jaguars are in, in relation to some of the teams. Uh, very impressed by teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, by the way. Whew. And uh, the Bengals with a big-time win. Statement. That was a statement win. Uh, you know, it's really interesting to me, Austin. I don't. I know you don't. You don't play this game, but you know when you're in Jacksonville and you haven't had a lot of winning seasons, and you wonder where this is going, and, and losses pile up. I, I just use it as a measuring stick of what does it mean that you really were. You should have gone up twenty-one nothing on Cincy, and, and almost felt like you were going to blow them out of their own building on a Thursday night. And then you got walked off on. I mean, it's still a good game, but you, you got walked off. Couldn't play defense in the second half. What does it mean that they're the number one team in the AFC? And what does it mean that the only undefeated team in the, in the league, yeah, you're up nine in the, late in the third quarter, you know? Uh, you didn't win the game. So what it means is you're not good enough. <laughs> right? no, no. But, uh, but it kind of makes you think that those are the two number one seeds in each conference right now. And... Does it make you think, well, maybe the Jags are not as far off as sometimes their record indicates? Um, yes and no, because this is the NFL, and, you know, crazy things happen all the time. Like, I'll be honest with you, I didn't foresee Kansas City to come out and play like they did against the Tennessee Titans. Like, I get the Titans are, 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 are a decent football team, and now they're a good football team, but, like, I didn't see that happening. So, like, every week, you know, good to great teams – um, there's going to be at least one of them that kind of like have just, you know, a letdown, if you will. And I think that happened with Arizona uh, when they played here. I think that happened with Cincinnati, especially in the first half when they played against Jacksonville. Um, you know, if you're a Jaguars fan and you want to say, well, hey, look at it. Like we, we kept close with these two teams for a while. I mean, go, go ahead and, and say that. Like the, you're more than welcome to say it. I just I don't put too much stake into it because, you know, you're <sighs> – because, you know, the, the, there's also some bad as well. Because then you can say, well, you got beat by Houston. What does that say when Houston's getting, you know, <laughs> throttled every yeah. single week? So, True. you know, it's just you, you can kind of go both ways with it. It just goes to show you, the, and like Urban Meyer was saying, there's a lot of parity in, in the NFL. And, you know, sometimes teams are up and sometimes teams are down. Well, it's a, it's a thing that we know about the league anyway. I mean, Detroit's been very competitive, but they're yet to win a game. You know, so, like, between the top and the bottom, it's not this tremendous gap as much as sometimes the records show. Now, I don't think they're even in the same class as teams with like the Bucks and the Rams right now and the and everyone else, but at the same time, I mean, they played Arizona well. Did Arizona just not play well that day? Probably, but they played them well. And, sure. and so against two of the teams that have done well, they've actually, you know, acquitted themselves somewhat nicely instead of getting thumped, uh, like a la the Houston Texans, uh, we could say, or the Jets yesterday against the Patriots, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, the Patriots are okay. They've been in every game. But if you really look at it, the Patriots have won three games, and two of them are against the Jets, and one's against Houston. Yeah, so, but the, you know, but then the Jets beat the Titans, so it's like you, yeah, crazy. Yeah, you, you're right. You can go every single week and then say, well, you know, that was a letdown, that was a letdown. It's just that's the way the NFL works. Yeah, the reason you have to be careful is I'll give you a college example. Is like Florida. Florida lost to Alabama by two, and everybody's like, wait, hey, hey now, mm -hmm. they might have something. Mm -hmm. 
And then you look up a few weeks later, and Dan Mullen's getting hammered, and he can't recruit, and uh, what's the quarterback situation? They can't play defense, and they lost to LSU, and they lost to Kentucky, and oh my. You know, so sure. <laughs> that's, that's the reality of the situation. Uh, but, you know, I think the Bengals are an interesting comp right now to the Jags. I think a lot of people are throwing this out here in Jacksonville, and I don't know if the Jaguars are maybe as far along as maybe Cincinnati was, uh, even though the wins didn't showcase themselves over a couple years, uh, I will say this: I did not. I thought Zach Taylor they could have moved on from after last year. That that guy didn't give me a lot of confidence if I was Cincinnati in term because I thought their roster was better than the win totals they were getting. Well, now they're putting it together, so being a little patient sometimes pays off. Just keep that in mind uh, for everybody. Can the Jaguars be the Bengals next year? Can they be what the Bengals are doing? Can they be the Bengals? Um, I think they definitely have a shot to be the Bengals. You know, when when the Jaguars did play the Bengals and we kind of broke that down, I mean, I, I said it was one of the, the most important games in terms of seeing where your franchise is at. And I compared it to the Chiefs game uh, back in 2000 and it would have been 13 because the previous year, you know, you each had the same record. The, the, the Chiefs won whatever, I think it was two games, and the Jaguars won two games. Uh, Chiefs pick first, they pick second. Like, they're at the even playing field going into the new season, and obviously we saw what happened after that. The Chiefs had a lot more talent. They are who they are now, and the Jaguars are the Jaguars. And then I, I mentioned that Buffalo game back in the, that playoff game where you had this sense of, you know, you're, you're both playing in the playoffs, but you're two teams that still have to earn something. You're still two teams that have to make a name for yourself. And, you know, it was like almost like two ships passing in the night where we thought, okay, Jacksonville is going to go on and, and they're going to, you know, nonstop championship games. And it's just a start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you thought, I mean, with Tyrod Taylor, what are you going to be able to do? You're going to bring a guy, Josh Allen. What is this guy going to be like from Wyoming? Can he make it? And I got the sense that, you know, after that game, it was like, all right, you know, Jacksonville is going to be one of the toasts of the AFC and Buffalo is kind of going to kind of be whatever. Why was I wrong? Because now Buffalo is one of the best teams in the AFC and well, the Jaguars are the Jaguars. And then I mentioned that Cincinnati game because you had a team in Cincinnati last year who you bring in Joe Burrow, the first pick of the draft, Heisman Trophy winner. And there was an excitement there. There was a hype there in Cincinnati. Now, you know, the record doesn't reflect that his first year he gets hurt. Um, and that thankfully, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen in Jacksonville, knock on wood to Trevor Lawrence. But like that was a, that was a huge blow to that organization. Well, Joe Burrow comes back, you know, much the scrutiny of Taylor, who people wanted him gone. He's looking like he's the right guy for the job now, and that offense is playing very well. So, yeah, to answer your question, if the Jaguars can be like the Bengals next year, I would absolutely take it. I think it's actually a pretty good comparison. Yeah, it, what's interesting to me is they've had this defense that people don't really talk about, Cincinnati, but they've been pretty solid on the defensive end. Like, uh way more solid than like the Jags are right now. The Jags are feel a little bit more like Seattle's defense, Kansas City's defense, can't stop anything. They don't look to me like they've got this core that's that's ready to blossom and and bloom and and do really well. Like I don't feel that way. Now, I could be wrong because you got some young guys and you can fix the defense pretty quick. Uh the Jags proved that in the past. Other teams have proved that in the past. If you make the right calls in free agency, you got enough money in free agency, and then you make a couple of right picks on the defensive side of things. So I think it's fixable. It will take an offseason to fix it, but you gotta make some right calls. I think what's fascinating to me is everybody thought the the Bengals, because of the injury to uh uh to Joe Burrow last year, they should have got Penny Sewell coming out of Oregon. 
And it's like, well, you're crazy if you don't. You, you've tried offensive linemen. You've missed on offensive linemen. You haven't built that offensive line well. And you've now got this quarterback that you can't get killed. Uh, and he just had this huge knee injury. And what do they do? They go get Jamar Chase. And, and Jamar Chase is fantastic. I think he's been billed to be like this for a couple of years. But was it the right move? Uh, for Cincinnati. Well, I always say this, and I've to told you this in the past. At times, if you want to flip your organization, you got to take a gamble, and the gamble's got to pay off. And to me, that's what this is. Jamar Chase, it's not a gamble to pick the guy, but instead of Penny Sewell, you could mark it as a gamble. And mm. it's paying off in spades. Uh, and it's been unbelievable. And I didn't think a young wide receiver could make this much difference for a football team. But he is awesome. And by the way, he's making a big difference for my fantasy football team. There you so go. I appreciate you, Jamar Chase. Uh, but it's it's fast. Him and Kyle Pitts to see what they're doing already. Doesn't it make you think like a little bit differently than than maybe GMs have thought over the years? Where you got to get the big guy, right? The top five picks, the top seven picks, even the top ten picks. You go after the defensive tackle, the pass rusher, the offensive lineman, the quarterback. And the quarterback's always going to be king. But maybe this dynamic pass catcher at the tight end spot in Pitts's situation, uh, who's back to back 100 yard games, I think like for a rookie tight end first time ever and and now what chase is doing uh the most yards through seven games in the history of the game and he's changing what cincinnati is maybe it makes you rethink of how you even pick in the top 10 a little bit for some of these teams see here's the thing though and, and here's what i kind of brought up when they drafted jamar chase to me it wasn't that much of a risk to get him over penne sewell because you have a team in the Cincinnati Bengals who consulted in Joe Burrow to say, what do you want? Who should you draft? And Joe Burrow unequivocally said, let's get Jamar Chase, my former teammate, because I know what kind of wide receiver he is. I think the more riskier play, honestly, for Cincinnati would be going against Joe Burrow's word and saying, all right, let's go get Penny Sewell. Now, not every single team is going to consult their quarterback in the drafting process. Go and check on Aaron Rodgers and get back to me about how that's going in Green Bay. Not every team is going to do that. Go check on Aaron Rodgers. Or go check on Russell Wilson and see why he's so upset sometimes in Seattle because they don't listen to him. But you, you had an organization, the Cincinnati Bengals, who put all their chips in on Joe Burrow. And a guy who had a putrid offensive line his rookie year, who was out for the season because of the offensive line, and they still consulted in him, and they still listened to him when he said, don't give me the bona fide left tackle to keep me healthy. Go give me my former teammate in Jamar Chase. And they listened to him, and how's it been ever since? So to me, the way the NFL is going now is you got to take care of your quarterback first. You have to listen to your quarterback, and you have to get the input of your quarterback. It's the most important position in all of football. And you get the sense that if they would do that with Aaron Rodgers a little more, if they would do that with Russell Wilson a little more, we wouldn't be having this controversy right now and all these like, well, is he coming back next year or is he gone? And that to me is probably the model that more teams are going to be starting to go with now in terms of their young quarterbacks like a Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good point that you bring up. Uh, I also say this, be careful what you're talking about in training camp because everybody's talking about how Jamar Chase couldn't catch the football. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and now look what they're talking about. Uh, you know, the Bengals are a great illustration. I don't know if I'm still like, hey, they're the best team in the AFC kind of believer, but they're making you believe. I mean, that was a heck of a whooping they put on Baltimore. And what you want, I always wonder this, are teams ready for that? Like, are they seasoned enough? Uh, are, are they... You know, they might be talented enough, but do they have the mentality to beat a team like Baltimore, um, who is veteran, you know, who's been in the battles? And that's what they proved to me yesterday. That's a big win for Zach Taylor, I think, uh, just as much as Joe Burrow and, and the rest of that team. 
you know, the other guy that's playing really well for them is C.J. Azuma, and he, he looked really good against the Jags, but he's playing really good football. Mm -hmm. And so I look at their roster, and I'm like, okay, if the Jags are going to try to be the Bengals with a good quarterback and he's going to evolve and take it to another level in year two, we hope Trevor can do that. What else do they need around him? They've got the running game. Joe Mixon, I mean, heck, James Robinson's actually outperformed Joe Mixon. Uh, they have some weapons on offense, but they don't have that dynamic weapon. So is, is that it? I mean, do they have to go get that dynamic wide receiver and then fix the defense and then, boom, maybe you're the Bengals? I mean, I think it would help. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I find it so ironic that, remember Urban Meyer kept saying how he talked to Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow so that yeah. you, you need a solid run game, which is true because, you know, they have P. Ryan now and they have uh, Mixon, who I think both rushed for like 50 yards. So, yep. I mean, it was a good balance of passing and throwing uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. But, I mean, if you wanted to buy into the run game, you would have went after Penny Sewell. You know, what, the, what Joe Burrow should have told Urban Meyer is, hey, Give me as many weapons as possible because that's only going to help things. Now, maybe the Travis Etienne draft pick, that was the weapon. Like, maybe Travis Etienne was the version of Jamar Chase. Obviously different players, but in terms of helping out your quarterback, former teammate, mind you, maybe Urban Meyer took it upon Joe Burrow and said, Joe Burrow asked for Jamar Chase. Maybe Trevor Lawrence won. I mean, he probably didn't ask for it personally, but maybe Trevor Lawrence was saying how great Travis Etienne would be in Jacksonville. And maybe he took that to heart a little bit. You never know. So I just think looking forward, you got to build around Trevor. I think you should get Trevor's input of what he needs and go from there. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, it would be interesting to see it unfold. And, and I will say this. I mean, the Jags have more well-known names on their defense, to be honest with you than the Cincinnati Bengals do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, sure. like, people know Shaq Griffin and Josh Allen and Miles Jack more than you know Logan Wilson and you name it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, they're, they're coaching the heck out of that defense, and there's also just a lot of, like, hard hat, lunch pail kind of guys that, that just aren't flashy but get the job done in a really good way. It, it is truly a no-name defense as far as, like, in today's world, we know all these guys. You really don't know, like, three players on the on the Cincinnati Bengals defense yeah. unless you just watched them play yesterday. No, for uh, sure. But it, I'll it's tell you pretty what, wild. You, you know dang well who their offensive guys are. Yeah, you certainly do, and, and it's pretty dynamic. And like you said, 400 yards. They, they passed it 38 times. They ran it, like, 24 times. That's today's NFL balanced. You know, that's pretty good. Um, and, and it wasn't like they ran for 200 yards. They ran for 50 yards each with those guys. Uh, so it, it's uh, pretty impressive what Cincinnati's doing. I think they're for real. Uh, they are the number one seed in the AFC right now if the playoffs were to start. Mm. How about that? Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 6-9. Don't forget, Jags report live tonight from Sneakers. James Robinson and Jihad Ward join us. So come on out. Sneakers, Jacks Beach. You can also watch the show 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. Yeah, it hurts a little bit. Uh, so Tyron's got to come on. And the guy that's really come on is Agnew. You know, he's uh, he even watched that Miami Dolphin game close. He was open. He, he had a couple. We pulled away. He's our best separator right now. But that an offense without speed on the outside, like elite speed, that's the first time I've had to deal with it. <laughs> Urban Meyer has to deal with that. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, Jamal Agnew, he's been very good. Pro Football Focus wrote an article about him. Uh, you heard Urban Meyer earlier today most likely talk even uh, glowingly about him, the separation that he's been able to get. Uh, you got to believe all that adds up to more uh, action for Jamal Agnew on the offensive side of things. He's a really cool story yeah. uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They don't want to lose him in the return game. Obviously, he right now is headed toward a Pro Bowl season in the return game based off what he did in the first few weeks. 
but they really can use I mean, he's got good hands. He's making good plays. He's a former cornerback, man. I mean, Jamal Agnew's a heck of a story. He really is. And, like, in terms of, like, the numbers of separation, um, it's insane. You know, I mean, you know they're starting to call him in the streets now, Brent. <laughs> you, you, have, you, have, you, have you heard this? Have you seen this? I haven't I'm seen it. I'm like a stand-up comedian. Have you seen this? Have you heard this? I'm like Jay Leno. You know what they're calling him? They're calling him the, the human restraining order is what they're going with now for Jamal Agnew because the separation. So, yeah. I don't know if that's a good moniker or not, but okay. I'm making T-shirts, so it better be good. <laughs> Somebody will buy them. Yeah, yeah uh, we're all good. That shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, we're good. Uh, hey, Brett Martineau, uh, Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. It's Florida Georgia week around here. Uh, we'll have some fall-like weather later in the week. And uh, we have some two nights of high school football Thursday and Friday of the Blitz. Got the Blitz scoreboard show. It's week 10 of the high school football season. We got a little bit of everything. We have Jags Report Live coming up tonight, 7 o'clock. James Robinson, Jihad Ward will be there at Sneakers with us. Come on out, 7 o'clock. Make plans to be there. Have dinner over there and uh, say hello. Uh, you can also watch a show on Fox 30. Uh, Casey and Austin, how is this heated fantasy football matchup going for you guys? Oh, you know, as it would be, it comes down to tonight. It does come down to tonight. So basically, let's go ahead and set the scene real quick. Let's do that. It's been a lot of trash talking, you a know. Ton. Yeah. And, and you know what, like Casey, I'm not mad at it because you you care, all right? And yeah, it's a nice change of pace from the person that you're replacing. We're just going, like, yeah, I'm just having fun. No, like this is. This, this is pride on the line. You're not having fun unless you're winning. Exactly. Okay. This is pride on the line, and I like it how seriously you take it. Now, obviously, I'm a person who takes it very seriously as well, and I could put the whole show in jeopardy if I don't win this year. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> so with that being said, the way it's going into tonight, um, all things considered, I have 110 points, and Casey has 105 points. Win probability, literally a coin flip. 50% on Casey's side, 50% on my side. And how does that happen? Well, Casey has Tyler Lockett going tonight, and I have the Saints defense going tonight. Oh, boy. Buckle your seatbelts. Make sure those tray tables are up in their upright and locked positions because it's going to be a wild one tonight. And who would have guessed it? The Saints, uh, Seahawks, Geno Smith versus Teddy Bridgewater, and my eyes will be glued to this one. <laughs> well, not Bridgewater. James Winston. James <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad, Jameis Winston. Sorry, dude. I, I, yeah, my bad. I know. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, listen, yeah. Teddy's yeah. everywhere. Teddy's <laughs> everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> yep. Way off. Yep. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't love the idea that I'm resting in the hands of Geno Smith. And, and here's what I thought I was going to do. I almost got to the point where I'm like, well, do I just, because I'm up by five points. Pull the defense. Do I just pull the defense yeah. out and say, all oh. right, Geno, if you're going to beat me, then so be it. Do I pull the defense? Nah, I mean, I'm still a gamesman. I still want to see this whole thing through. Now, you man. can't pull the defense. Not what Gino, I, mean, I did Gino it. Smith I did it to, last week against he Nick. He would have to go, I mean, what do you have to give up to go negative? Uh, you'd have to give up, like, I think 20-something points with no sacks or interceptions or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. You, that's, well, that will 20-something points is not a lot of points. Yeah, but with nothing else, like to offset it. I, I would take my chance. If it was Russell Wilson, I'd maybe think about it. But with yeah. Geno Smith, um, i definitely play your defense. Because I'm, I'm Lockett's playing. good for five points. Yeah, Gino? Well, here's the crazy thing. So it's hard to – the last two games – or I, actually. So he exploded in the first two games, Tyler Lockett. That's 24 and 27. That's with Russell Wilson. Sure. But since then, in these first couple games, he had Russell Wilson – 
5.1, mm. 4.4, mm. 8.2, mm. and 4.5. Oh, keep singing. I like that tune. <laughs> so I'm in trouble. Keep but singing there. Here's the thing. The last two games with Geno Smith, 17 targets and only seven catches. <laughs> so he's throwing him the ball, though. Well, he's looking at him. Doesn't well, mean the ball's going to be there. Well, that's well, – yeah, mean, I, I understand. Play, I can play quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks and look at Tyler Lockett. They're going to count that as a target. You still have to get the ball to Tyler Lockett. Oh, by the way, you got, you got Marcus Lattimore on him, too? Mm. Oh, Casey. Why Why would Mark Slidemore be on him and I not know. DK Metcalf? DK Metcalf, I know. Yeah, try that yeah, again. Sorry. Um, you don't have to be sorry. You will be sorry, but you don't have to be sorry just yet. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's heated, and I guess we'll have to see what happens tomorrow. So, so who feels better? I don't love my situation. I don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't really? love it. I, mean, I, would, I would feel better if I had Lockett, quite Really? Frankly. Yeah, I think I'd feel better if I had Lockett. But, see, I, I still, don't. like, I mean, yeah. dude, that's, that's like one catch. For one touchdown points? catch for 25 yards. Okay, like, but you got to keep in mind, like, I, I can still score points on defense, though, too. Yeah, but I'll give you – okay, so if I give you five points – Okay, no, hang on, right? So, no, keep in mind. So, I start with 10 points on defense. So, every team starts with 10 points. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. it. But as soon as they score, you're basically well, – you're, you're down to six. Then you're down to six, and then you're down to three. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just say I'll give you I'll give you a handful of points. Okay. Well, so, now you got you got to get 10 points if you're locket. I think I'd take my chances on that, man. It's not like – how many I like point, that. How many points is the Seattle defense about to put up against the Saints? Or the Seattle offense going to put up against the Saints defense? I think they can move the ball all right. They're okay. at home. I think they'll be a fine. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, here's the thing. It's interesting. You guys have this going on, and uh, I think this is a real toss-up. It's great. It, it set up some great theater coming off Friday. Yeah. Uh, but Ty has Ty, Ty asked me. He's like, "Hey, should I play uh, Derek Carr or Joe Burrow?" I was like, Ooh. "I don't know, man. I'd probably play Carr." And of course, Burrow lights it up, right? Well, then Carr actually did pretty well. Like, Carr was okay, but yeah. Burrow would have been better to have. And uh, so I said, well. 19.02 for Derek yeah, Carr. Yeah, I, I said, get, I get, and I think Burrow was like 26 points. Yeah. And so uh, <clears throat> I said, well, probably should have gone with Burrow, but Carr wasn't terrible at least. He was like 31 of 34 for three-something. I mean, he had a nice day. Yeah. And, uh, but he's like, I'm going, I'm six points ahead, and I'm going against Lockett tonight. So he's oh, in the exact same exact situation same you are. Now he doesn't have another like he doesn't have a defense or anything. Yeah. So like I don't I wouldn't feel good if I'm going against Tyler Lockett. I'm just telling you. Hey Casey, when we come back after this break here, how about we, we play that audio that I shared with Brent Martino too? Because me and Brent got a little thing going on as well that he has no idea about. Sure. But he's oh. about to get put on blast, and I apologize oh, in advance. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> and by the way, Can't Aaron wait. Jones, done with him. Uh, that's, that's how I want to leave it. What, yeah, what about Julio wanna... Jones as well, though? Oh, that's my fault. That's my fault. Julio Jones, I, I I know Brent doesn't like when we talk crap about people on the air. Julio Jones needs to go somewhere, and it's not <laughs> on the field. I'll tell you that. I don't mind if you talk crap about the Titans. He's not good at the that. sport. Yeah, what Brent, are we doing? Brent, Brent tried to fight Sean Payton last year. You can talk crap about anybody. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's what we do on the show. We talk crap about anybody. <laughs> I mean... Let's start talking about people on the competitive hey, side. Only, only person you can't talk crap about is Dan Orlowski. That guy is praised on oh, the yeah, show. I, know. Oh, yeah. I gave him a key never. to the city last week. <laughs> I mean, I, he's, he's got an invite, open invite here on the show. We love you, Dan Orlowski. <laughs> uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Football at 5. And I guess I'm about to be put on blast. Can't wait.